0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to Edition with Digest. I'm Stephanie Sloan, Editorial Director, here with Mara Levinsky, Senior Editor. Hi, everyone. Well, Mara, please indulge me for a moment, but there was some huge, very exciting casting news that came out this week that we need to discuss. So I was a huge All My Children fan back in the day, and Jenny and Greg were my favorite couple. And in 1984, she was killed on a jet ski, and I literally turned the channel the next day. So you know how everybody thinks that when fans say, I'm never gonna watch again, they don't? Well, that was me. I did not watch again for years. I was so upset that Jenny died that I started watching Days of Our Lives and I got sucked right into Bowen Hope's adventures. However, the actress who plays Jenny, Kim Delaney, is
1: joining General Hospital, and I could not be more excited to tune in. Well, when we first heard that this was in the works, I was so psyched for you, because I know what a huge place she holds in your soap opera fan heart. Uh, It's a real get for the show. And GH isn't saying what role she's playing, but we can definitely say that she will be mixing it up with some true fan faves. And I am basically counting the minutes till her debut, which is really just right around the corner because she started filming this past week and the show is taping very uh, close to air these days. Now I have to say what I am most excited about, and I really hope this happens, is seeing a reunion on air between Kim and Michael E. Knight, who plays Martin, because they were brother and sister on All My Children, where Michael played Tad. They last worked together for a day in 1994 when Tad was injured and went to heaven for a hot second and reunited with Jenny's ghost. And Michael has told me really funny stories about working with Kim back in the day, he had a little crush on her and had to be admonished by directors to sort of do a better job of hiding it because they had <laughs> capability that was, like, inappropriate for a brother and a sister, shall we say. Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, totally
0: count me in for a Tad and Jenny reunion, please. Um, so some sad news that we heard this week was that Kevin Dobson, best known as Knots Landing's Mac McKenzie, a.k.a. my most favorite character on that show, passed away at the age of 77. Um, Kevin also did some daytime work as days as Mickey Horton for a brief spell. And he did a special appearance on bold and beautiful as judge Devin Owens, who was named after our colleague on the West coast who covered the show then. So I have to say rest in peace to In other news, the digital drama series The Bay is marking 10 years since its debut, which is just so crazy because I have the most vivid memory of watching the first episode. Um, You know, the show is filled with so many soap stars, past and present, and I feel that there are surprises like every season with who's going to join. One of those for this season is Carrington Garland of Santa Barbara fame, who will appear on the anniversary episode, and you actually caught up with her recently.
1: Yeah, yeah. And it's kind of wild uh, to think about what a relatively new space the internet was for ongoing series when the bay premiered and now it's 10 years down the line not only uh, has the show survived but it has grown and indeed is uh now as of recently airing on pop star tv as well so congratulations to the bay team on that as well as their milestone anniversary um another series that that is a pioneer in a new medium is Fanola Hughes' Enter Exit, which is on uh, IGTV, the video arm of Instagram. You can just go to Fanola's Instagram page and click on the little TV icon and find all the episodes of the first season there. Uh, of course, we had Ian Buchanan on the podcast recently. He stars in it alongside her. Uh, but in the new issue, i talked to Fanola all about creating this show, which was shot mostly on iPhones and filmed during quarantine. And we've, we've also got interviews with uh, Kelly Tebot and Raelle Andrews about their returns to G.H. And one thing I wanted to note is that Raelle pointed out that Taggart's death was not originally meant to be exaggerated. And he really gives credit to the fans for making G.H. reconsider and turn his death into a death in quotes. Um, and the show's head writers had also told me that, that they had been on set one of the days he was filming late last year with Maurice Bernard. And when they saw the chemistry between the two of them as Taggart and Sonny, it sort of planted that seed of, hmm, you know, maybe we need Taggart to stick around. Wow, that is amazing. It's just
0: amazing that things like that can happen, you know? Um, And I love when people come back after a long stretch away kind of like Heather Lindell on Days who hadn't been back for 15 years. We talked about her last week. Um, I don't know. I just get a kick of people popping up as a surprise. Um, now, Our guest today holds the distinction of being a recast and then replacing her predecessor again. So it's Marcy Miller, who plays Abigail in Days of Our Lives, and so Marcy was hired after Kate Nancy left, then Marcy left, then Kate came back, and now it's Marcy again. <laughs> so I know that can be confusing to some, but it seems to really work in this case, you know, because both are such powerful actresses and really bring different things to the role that the fans love in both. And... You know, I know a lot of fans love Kate, but so many of them were also excited to see Marcy come back because she has her legion as well. And
1: um, that says a lot about both of them. Indeed. And, you know, it's pretty unique the way this is shaken out. We certainly have plenty examples that we can point to of actors reclaiming their role from a recast, like... Uh, Eileen Davidson coming back to YNR after Brenda Epperson and Jerry Shattuck had played uh, Ashley or Tyler Christopher returning to GHS Nicholas after he'd left and been recast with uh, Stephen Martinez. I mean, those are just like the first two that pop to mind, but there are many, many other instances of this in daytime. But I can't think of an actor leaving, being recast, the recast leaving, the original actor returning, that actor leaving, and then the recast coming back. But I do think... Um, you know, if Days was going to keep Abigail active after Kate Mancy's recent stint drew to a close, uh, that it was a natural choice to turn to Marcy. And I feel like for fans, it would be less confusing to have Marcy return than to have an entirely new face to get used to. I totally agree, and you can already see how well it's working on screen, which is, of course, no
0: surprise. So anyway, let's get her on the phone and see how things are going in Salem the second time around.
2: Hi, Marcy. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Great, it's great to see you. Great to hear you. Great to talk to you. Um, How have you been? Doing okay. You know, it's been a unique time for everybody, I think. You know, it's had its ups, it's had its downs. But um, yeah, it's been nice to get back into the swing of work and have some semblance of norm- normalcy.
0: Well, we're so happy you're back. Um, you've had some great scenes already. Oh, thanks. So you're like back in the swing of things. But let's start at the very beginning. So you grew up in the small town of North Liberty, Indiana. And how did you realize that you loved performing?
2: Gosh, I I am from a dinky town and it's not always like the most rational thing um, to pursue something creative as a vocation. So I always performed. My mom put me in like ballet lessons and piano lessons. And so that's, I was always singing and dancing and doing things. It was always a part of my life, but I never thought I would pursue it as a career. I mean, I fell in love with uh, musical theater initially, uh, probably around the age of like fourth grade. And it wasn't until I was in college, I went to college to be a nurse at first. So I went to a couple years of nursing college and partway through School um, had some professors in the music and the theater department that sort of sat me down and said, "Hey, you know, we think you could do this for a living if you wanted to." Um, but that was the first time anybody had said that. So I always loved to perform, but it wasn't until I was, you know, in in my twenties before I thought, "Oh man, I'm gonna actually give this a real legit go." So
0: have any of your nursing skills come in handy? Let me
2: think. That's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. You know if it's ever hospital scenes or anything like that, any kind of like, like the birthing scenes or anything, there's some familiarity a little bit in terms of just like what's appropriate protocol and, and that sort of thing. But I was a really bad nursing student, which is why, part of why <laughs> my, I like to you take like, mean temperature though. Yeah. Take a mean temperature. My goodness. Yeah. I think that's partially why my uh, professors encouraged me to switch. It was the situation of like, yeah, yeah, you we see where your strengths lie and it's not so much the direction you're going so <laughs>
1: I'd like to think that your nursing professors put your theater professors up to that conversation.
2: That is maybe, that is probably entirely possible because I think like in two years, I was so far behind because I kept taking like music classes and theater classes. It's like I had taken intro to nursing and like a couple science classes, classes which I didn't do very well in. And so yeah, I was way behind schedule. I was probably going to be in college for about six years if I didn't make the switch. So
1: So once the idea of pursuing acting as a profession like was properly planted, given that you didn't live near New York or LA, like how did you go about trying to get a foothold into the industry?
2: Yeah. You know, this whole career has just been one surprise after another. And my career really has been based on a lot of other people speaking into my life and my story and giving me permission to take Certain steps. So, so I graduated college and was slowly getting used to being able to claim for myself. Oh, yes, I I studied music and theater, and I'm pursuing a career in entertainment. Um, I always sort of gave the caveat on the side. Um, yeah, I'm pursuing these things, but you know, if I have to work at a coffee shop for the rest of my life to make a living, I'm okay with that. As long as I can do it, um, some, you know, that's just a part of who I am. Um, so and, and so and I always pictured myself in a small little market doing regional theater or something like that. So I moved to Louisville, Kentucky uh, with my husband. I was engaged and, and then we got, we got married in Louisville, and I jumped into the theater scene there and just... Doing plays here, here and there. Got to work for uh, the French Lick Resort and Casino, and and the Bunbury Theater, and took some classes at the Actors Theater of Louisville. And there was a gentleman, and I was definitely waiting tables. I mean, I'd wait tables all day, and I'd go my do my show at night, and then I'd have to be at work at six a.m. the next morning. So, um, I had a gentleman that waited tables with me who was from L.A. and had pursued acting. And he came and saw my show one night. And he's like, you got to move to LA. And I've never been, that was not on my radar. I had never thought of that. Like I am small town, North Liberty, Indiana. Like, no. And he's like, no, you really have to do it. And I, so I went home and I talked to my husband about it. And you know, we had only been married for a year and a half at this point, something like that. And I told him, and he's such a champ, like, I'll never forget this moment. He like, pulled out an envelope and cause we did like all of our budget in like cash with envelopes at the time we were really frugal. Um, and he pulled out a new envelope and he wrote Marcy's star fund on the front of it and started to put like 150 bucks in it a month for eight months. We saved up so that I could afford headshots and classes and stuff when I got out here and, and that was it. It was a really quick and simple decision. And I'll always like be so grateful for the way he responded to that. And And we boogied out here and, you know, LA, there's no rhyme or reason to it. That's just was a situation where I jumped into class and was very, very lucky, made some good connections here and there and just worked hard. I mean, I I think a lot of my career exists just from like being nice and showing up and being prepared, you know, I I think is a lot of it. And it's a hard city because there's just no recipe for for any of it, um, but yeah, I've been so grateful and so lucky, and will never, ever, ever deny that <laughs> that I've been lucky. You know, so here I am. I would have never guessed if you. I thought I was going to be in Indiana, like yeah, taking people's temperatures, and here I am. At what point did you audition for Days, and what had you been doing prior to that? Yeah, so the six months leading up to Days were like a huge leap off a cliff because I waited tables for. I started waiting tables, my goodness, when I was like 15, 16 years old and waited tables, waited tables, waited tables. And it wasn't particularly my favorite thing to do in the world. And so I had a, I got to a point where I came home and told my husband was like, I don't know what is happening or what's next, but I got to quit. And so I quit my job waiting tables. Um, I was working downtown in the Ritz Carlton at WP 24 at Wolfgang Puck's like swanky Chinese restaurant. And, and I quit and I had nothing lined up. I had no idea what was next. I remember standing in downtown talking to my friend, Marissa, she was walking dogs at the time. And she, I was like, what am I doing? She's like, I don't know, but it's all going to be okay. And so, um, next thing I knew I booked like in a little independent film, American fable, went and shot that, came back, booked another little film. Um, gosh, a couple, a couple little indie films. And while I was out of town shooting one of those, I got the audition for days and I hadn't gone in for Marnie. I didn't know her at all. And, um, could not make the in-person auditions. So they allowed me to self-tape in my hotel room while I was shooting the film. And so I sent that off and they were so, so gracious. I they let me go straight to the test from from the tape. And and I was I was really intentional to do a really good a really good job with the tape. Like I took my time with it and was able to um yeah yeah i I wanted to make sure I was like putting my best foot forward, you know, so so that was it. I never went in in person until I was actually testing for for the role and remember just thinking, man, if I can just walk out of here without Marnie thinking um off my nut or um you know Billy was who I was Billy Flynn was who I was doing my scene with. Uh, I didn't know him at the time, It was like, and the guy I'm working with, I don't want him to think I'm like terrible, if I can walk out of here just feeling good about it, then. I can be okay with that. So yeah, it came out of nowhere, but then I got it. And and that was like, yeah, six months after I quit the restaurant job and I got a two year contract.
1: So your mom was a day's fan and she actually right named your sister Kayla after of course, Salem zone. So how did she react when her daughter like landed a job and a significant one at that on the show?
2: Oh, she was ecstatic. And you know, what's funny about that is I didn't even know, my sister didn't know she was named after Kayla Brady until I was already on the show. And I was like, like my mom just said it like, Oh yeah, well your sister's named after Kayla Brady. And we were like, what? Like, why has this never come up? Like it feels like something like uh, Kayla definitely had the right to know, you know, but, um, yeah no it was um, it was she was ecstatic like over the moon couldn't believe it you know and we live far away and so in the same way that the fans feel like they get to know us because they see us every day yada yada like my mom felt uh, started to feel like a connection to me because even though I'm not playing myself like she enjoyed getting to see her daughter like almost every day on the television. And, and man, I remember, cause I remember my cousins and I, we, I, I watched the show. I remember summers in high school coming home and to coming home after school so I could watch Marlena and the whole like possessed by the devil storyline. Like that was, that was real high on my list of priorities. And so my uh, my first day coming in to the show, I sat down and Deidre was like two chairs down from me in the hair and makeup chair. And yeah, I was definitely like trying to play it cool, but I was having a major fangirl moment for sure. Obviously you were taking over
0: a role. Were you at all nervous about that? Was it daunting or was it just, eh, whatever,
2: I'll do what I can do and see where it goes? Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, there's a level of intimidation and and, and just, I mean, it. You just want to make people happy, too. You know, it was my first time not in an indie film setting. So it was like there was a whole producing team and a whole network and a whole set of fans that had, like, you know, opinions, you know? And and so I really wanted to do right by them and for them to feel good. I did free myself from trying to – I didn't try to do what Kate had done. Like, I knew that she had done – Beautiful work and had been well received and was deeply loved as she should have been and so I watched some things just to sort of gain some familiarity and in, in terms of um, relationships with the uh, Her relationships with her parents and her family family and her husband and her kids and that sort of thing but I really tried to let myself just like come in and do the Marcy Miller portrayal of, of things because what If I have any expectation if i 'm trying to play Marcy playing Kate playing Abigail, it was just like an amount of work that I knew i couldn 't sustain over time and would just not get me anywhere um, so yeah i mean it 's definitely intimidating it 's hard you 're new and and just want people to be happy but also serve yourself in the way that 's best and and uh, be confident in your work so you can enjoy it so so yeah, but everybody was so gracious. Missy was so gracious. Everybody was incredible on the show just, and helped me sort of slide in there and, and nurtured me along the way. Definitely held my hand. There was a lot of like behind the scenes handholding, Missy Reeves especially. <laughs> so. Not like sitting uh, a couple
1: chairs over from Dr. Marlena Evans isn't memorable enough, but I would love to hear what else stands
2: out to you about your first day. Okay. There are several things, but the first day I think was her 40th anniversary. Like it was her. And so she had like a whole posse following her around, which I didn't realize it was her first day. I was just like, man, this woman has made it. Like she has a, she's got like a constant camera crew and like people just like fawning over here. I was like, "Eh, yes, like she has got it together. So I remember that whole thing was going on. Um, and you know, I'm from small town, Indiana. And so I was really determined to hang on to that root system. I wanted to, I was like, yes, I'm going to go, I'm going to have this job on network television, but I'm not going to lose sight of who I am. So I would, and I didn't have a car at the time. So, um, and it was a choice, an intentional choice. My husband and I had made, we had gone without a car for a couple of years and we took the train and I biked everywhere. So I remember that first morning getting up. Um, and I didn't know, I had a like a 6 a.m. call time and I didn't know how long the transit system would take. And I had to take the, my bike, you know, shoulder it, you know, I'd go through downtown, put the bike on my shoulder, take it down into the subway, like ride the subway. I think I left at like 4.30 in the morning, maybe even 4.15, like rode the train, got off, like had to bike the last few miles, like get in. And I just remember thinking like, I don't know if this was the right decision. Like I remember arriving cause I was like kind of hot and like sweaty and just being like, I, f- I felt really insecure. And just, I was trying to wear my old Converse sneakers. just like, yeah, I'm me. I don't have to bend. I don't have to be like anything I'm not and anything I'm not supposed to be or whatever. Um, yeah. So I remember that. And then I remember feeling like um, wanting to connect with Billy. Like I really wanted to connect with Billy cause I felt like that was important and for the first like couple of weeks that goofball I'd be like hey man like what's up you know we should get some coffee or something and he'd be like yeah 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 like yeah we'll we'll talk we'll talk and that was all he would give me for like 2 weeks straight and I'm like dude like I'm the new girl I'm trying to get together trying to make this whole thing work whole thing work but he's really smart the way he works and it was intentional like he wanted that distance between us so that the first time we worked together the distance was like, we didn't even have to act that like it was just real and it was there. And he, he, now I know how he works and that he, he, he's got his brains always working. And it's really creative. But, um, yeah, I remember he, I got really intimidated by him too. It was just like, man, this guy, what am I going to do? I got to get in there. And you know, someone pushes you away and then now I'm trying to be extra nice. Now I'm trying to get in there even more. I have to know, How you got to work on day two. You know, girl, I think I probably, that's a good question. What did I do? I think I ended up taking like some lifts for the rest of that week. Like I just took a lift up just so I could get into the routine of it all. Um, But I, I, the whole first year I was on that show, I I didn't have the car and I did the train And, and I started there. I found out there was a bus that I could take from the train station to the studio, to a block away from the studio rather than the bike. So I started bailing on the bike part so it was like I did I did subway to the bus but I was I, yeah I was still leaving 4:45 in the morning so it was about halfway through my husband was like you know you don't have to do this right I was like oh oh yeah I guess I don't so he, he got me a car he literally got me a car I, I sent him a text one day frustrated and tired and was like I have to get a car and then the next thing I knew I got a picture of this car and I was like oh great I should have done that a long time ago so back to Billy,
0: how did your relationship with him evolve then after that initial distance? if you will?
2: Yeah. I mean, it took a really natural progression, you know, as, because at that time in the story, Chad and Abby had been apart. And, and as Chad and Abby got to know each other, as Marcy and Billy began working together, um, we just got more and more connected. And I think we realized like we had a lot in common. He's also from the Midwest and um, from Minnesota. And so um, We, and we also worked similarly. We had like similar taste and similar opinions and, and just, it was a very natural, slow evolution. And he's dude, he's such a homie now. Like he's, I mean, we'll go, we'll double date. We'll hang out. We'll swing by during COVID. I swung, you know, swung by like, Hey, what's up? And yeah, he's one of my, my great buds now. So it's, I'm super grateful for it, but I, I still tease him about that. I still give him a hard time. Like, dude, you did not let me in easy. That's for sure. He knows it too. Now, what about
1: your relationship with uh, Missy, who I, you said held your hand? Uh, but tell us about the relationship you share with her.
2: Well, she's just such an easy person to get along with. She has such a maternal, like, nurturing quality to her, just naturally as a person. So um, she is, just, yeah, she's just so warm and so easy. And she's totally aware. Um, she was totally aware of what I was stepping into, and she was totally aware of my my concerns and my frustration. Like, I didn't even feel like I had to say things. She's just a very sensitive, aware person and been doing the job forever. And so I remember a day, you know, the the way we shoot. At 10.30 every day, we would take like a 15-minute break. And I was just having a day because like the first few sets of scenes I feel like I had, I was really frustrated. It's a very different way of working the way soap opera shoots compared to anything I had ever um, done or been a part of. It's so fast, and the amount of—I mean, it's all things every soap fan or or knows. It's a—it's a lot of material in a short amount of time, which is, is really hard if you're used to shooting 15 pages a day max, and all of a sudden you're shooting, you know, 125. So. So I had a day where I just broke down during the 10 minute break. I was so frustrated. I just like did not even know. And it was so hard because I was like, I got to get it together because I've got to be on camera literally in 15 minutes. And she just came over there, sat down, held my hand, said all kinds of like beautiful, encouraging things. And, and just did some version of that over and over and over again, especially in those first few months, you know, she had times where you come to her dressing room, sit down, like have a little tea, have a little chat. And she's really good at building the relationship outside of just the literal, um, of the scene. Like she builds a relationship with me that feels like maternal and then that translates on, on the screen as well. So, um, yeah. And my Missy was always my mom's favorite, my mom's favorite character and Missy, it's strange, looks a lot like my mom visually, like they're very similar. Like, I don't know. It's fascinating. And even in the, in the Horton in our, in our living room, in the Horton house, um, there's like a picture that used to hang on the wall that looks like something I drew when I was in high school that my mom has fr- had framed on the wall. They're just really cool parallels that that um, yeah, I really appreciated. Um, now another person you bonded with is Sal Stowers. Tell us about, your friendship and where it is today? Well, she's, oh my, well, where it is today? Okay, okay. I'm literally sitting in her living room right now. So, how about that? <laughs> <laughs> how about that? Yeah. So, she could walk through the door any second. Um, she's at work right now. Um, she's the best, like, bestie, bestie, best friend. Like, really, truly, that woman has been there through so many things in my life. We love hanging out. She's there when stuff gets hard. She's also very nurturing. Like if I had, I've had days where I come and I just feel like defeated and I'm sitting on the couch and she'll go and she'll buy a bunch of Thai food and just spread it all out in front of me. And it's like, man, I didn't even ask her to do that, but this feels really, really good. She's just that kind of person. And my husband, my husband and I um, got a place in Colorado. So um, we rented out our loft in downtown. So right now I was planning to sort of travel back and forth. And so I'm staying with Sal right now when I work and then, you know, he's coming into town next week. And so we'll go stay somewhere else. But, but Sal is like a sister, best friend, soulmate. Like we've always, it's fate. It's just meant to be. I, we get it. She gets it. That's so sweet. Do you have her doggies or her doggies there? Oh yeah. It's Prince. He's here. He was, he was definitely like staring right at me. I don't know where he went. Definitely wants me to take him out. And I'm like, all right, we'll we'll get there. We'll get there. I got to do something real quick. So yeah, but he's so sweet. I keep sending my husband videos. He's adorable. Your
1: first run on the show, you had to tackle the extremely big challenge of Abigail's uh, DID. And you had to create her alter egos, Gabby and Laura. Like, what did you enjoy about the challenge of those months? And what did you not enjoy about it?
2: I was so honored to be handed that storyline uh, from the beginning. And, you know, I didn't know how big I didn't know. They didn't come to me and say, hey, we're going to give you this DID storyline. You're going to play two other characters. They just sort of gradually gave me these little bread cu- crumbs. Like the producer came and said, start paying attention to Camila. You're going to maybe do like a sort of Gabby character. I was like, okay, cool. So I started doing that. And so like a couple of times I started playing this character. Next thing I know, they come to me and they say like, oh, okay, you're going to now start, you're going to start thinking like therapist, like blah, blah, blah. You're going to take on another character. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So we did that. And then he's like, your characters are going to all start talking to each other and having so we're going to get you a double and you're going to have to learn both sides of the conversation. And so it's like all of the challenge, like the actor in you is so like, because we just love to play other people. So I love Abby. It's amazing to get to play to play her and do all of that. It's also really fun to play something that's a little more off the wall, like the Gabby character or the Laura character. Such an awesome challenge. And just like the amount of of content and work, it was like my whole life became days of our lives during that time. There was no such thing as like, Social, personal, blah, 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 which for an artist like, you know, that's working on a film or something like that is incredible. Like you want to go and just fully immerse yourself in morning, noon and night. Everything I do every day is for the sake of this work. That's like the dream. But when you're shooting a film, it's like, you know, you do it for a couple of months and then you go back to your regular life. So that was where it got to be like a little hairy and it got to be challenging was it was hard for me to feel like I was nurturing all the other aspects of my life. Um, my relationship with my husband, friendships, just taking care of myself and my body, getting enough sleep. That's where I started to struggle. That was where, that's where it got hard. Um, but I wouldn't, t- I wouldn't have traded it for the world. It's still to this day one of my favorite absolute challenges that I've ever, ever gotten to have. And the fact that um, I did it is awesome. And such different, the Gabby character, man, nobody casts me like that. I'm always your, I'm your nice girl next door. They want to put a little pregnant belly on me. They want to put me barefoot in the front yard. You know what I mean? Like, And I get it. So for me to get to play somebody that was a little saucy and a little sassy and so far from my natural self, yeah. I was learning things about myself left and right. I felt like I was like, okay. Didn't know that was in there. Good to know. <laughs> but, but, um, you missed um, the wig, the wig. Mm, do I miss it? I don't miss it. I wouldn't say I missed it. It's probably not the way I would phrase it, <laughs> no. but, but it's fun. To, I've always wanted to be somebody that did funky things with my hair and stuff. My sister my sister, my real life sister, Kayla, um, was always that person who she, she dyed her hair black. She cut it all off. She went platinum blonde. She put colors in it. And I've always been like low key jealous of that because I want to do that. But for the sake of my job, I can't. Um, so it was nice to get to like, yeah, see myself differently for a second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was really easy to yeah. makeup up too. the, the hair that makes your hair time in the chair to get your hair done really, really short because they just slap that puppy on and you're good to go. Good in there. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, now fans had
0: a lot of opinions about the Gabby and Stefan relationship. Um, what was your feeling about it at the time?
2: I mean, I understood why they why they'd be feeling a little funky about it because it's you know there were a lot of moral standards that I felt like were going out the window <laughs> for things all the things going on between the two. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a manipulation, an unintentional manipulation, I guess, is how the Stephen character justified it, and the emotions were all real, but you know at the end of the day, I look at it and it's like, you know, relatively black and white to me. Like you kind of like didn't do, didn't, you know, didn't do things you should have done and did things that you shouldn't have done. So it's just, I I mean, I do feel like Abigail was taken advantage of. I I understand why for fans it was fun to watch the Gabby and Stefan character together. I can see why that was fun. I think the way that they interacted and their relationship was fun and new and different. Um, but for me personally, I was never like rooting for that to be the way that it all swung.
0: <laughs> well, what's funny is how much success the show found with the actual Gabby uh-huh. and Stephen. You
2: know? Dude, isn't that true? I know. I know. It's like, yes, okay. So here and finally we can give the people what they wanted. Yes. yes right. Exactly. <laughs> but you did do
0: such wonderful work during that time. Um and in 2019 you earned the lead actress daytime Emmy nomination for that work. What did it to
2: you? Oh my goodness. I felt like it was, it was that, that was particularly meaningful. I mean, the first, now I was nominated the year prior and that was surprising and I couldn't believe it, blah, blah, blah. But this one felt like, wow, I just, I, it was the hardest I had ever worked in my life on anything, you know? And there were a lot of days where you go in there and you feel like, all right, yeah, I did that. I I, I nailed that. But the majority of the days you walk out feeling like, Man, I think I missed by far, you know, and so you just don't know how things are going to land and it can be, it can be very, very discouraging, you know, you got to kind of self motivate, you got to be able to get yourself back up on the horse every day. And um, so then for that nomination to swing through was just incredible. I mean, I and and I was no longer on the show and so it meant I got to go and see all of my people again and so that was meaningful and literally everybody from that storyline including Kate when she came back like like Tyler, Tyler got nominated, Kate got nominated. I think Billy got did I maybe mean, I don't think Billy got nominated. I can't remember. But anyway, it was just like so many people from that storyline were there too, which I just felt like was so was just the perfect picture of what that felt of what that whole experience was like. Cause I had to lean really heavily on, on my co-stars during that time. So yeah, it was super sweet. You mentioned you were off the show when that nomination came through.
1: What motivated your your exit? You had done two years and you left. Talk us through you know
2: that decision. Um, to be honest, I, I was really tired. I was really really tired at the end of that storyline, and I just felt like. Um, I wanted to try other things too. You know, there were a couple of uh, there was just other things I had had to turn down a couple of of projects that would not have worked in my schedule due to days and that sort of thing, um, which is just life and is just this business. And so I thought, you know, maybe it's time for me to step away. And again, it's a gamble. You just don't know. It's a it, I remember when I stepped away, it reminded me a lot of when I stepped away from the restaurant. It was like, okay, I'm walking away from this thing and I have no idea what's on the other side. I don't know where I'm going or what. I have no plan. Um, but I was tired and I wanted to try some other stuff, but it, I was never closing the door permanently, obviously. Um, and just felt like, yeah, it, but it took me about a, uh, I want to say like eight months for me to start, Feeling like myself again, because I was starting to see evidence of the the level of depletion a little bit, and part of that was my own fault. You know, I hadn't learned how to establish boundaries, which was a weird thing to think about establishing boundaries between your work and your life. You know, like work can be your life for only so long before something else starts to deteriorate to some degree. Um, which is hard again for a creative because every, I feel like everything I do is for the sake of this career and understanding what it means to be human and the complexities of it all. So, um, so yeah, that was it. that was, that was really, it, it was just being really tired and needing a break and feeling like I, I wanted to try some other things for a little while.
0: Well, what was it like for you when you wrapped and now you don't have to be up at four in the morning to take the subway and, you know a
2: bike ride? Oh man. (laughs) I think, I feel like for a week, I feel like I slept just like for a week straight. And then after that, I got out of town. Like we rented a little cabin out, like a few hours outside of LA, like up in the mountains. And just like, I didn't do a darn thing. Like I took a, I took a book and a bunch of snacks. (laughs) And just like, (laughs) did all, like ate all the snacks. I didn't let myself eat for two years, you know? It was just like... really fun because i tell you i am a huge peanut butter fan and like this is kind of gross by other people's definition i love it but i'm a sucker for like melted peanut butter and so i'll like put it in a bowl and just like melt it in the microwave or on the stove and i'll either do it like fondue style or i'll just i have no shame just getting in there like with a spoon like soup you know it's kind of gross by most people's definition i understand but it's delicious. So it's that. And it's a lot of like, I'm a, I'm a sucker for a donut. I'm a sucker for anything sweet. I'm a sucker for like a Reese's peanut butter cup. You know, I can just, I can go on and on. And I like to bake. I also just love like really good sourdough bread slathered in some fancy butter and a little salt. Like I could eat a whole loaf of that. It's so good. So so yeah, that was fun. That was funny. Cause I, cause it's also coming off the, you didn't ask this question, but coming off the Gabby storyline, you know, I was going to be playing Gabby, which meant I needed to be dressed in like Camila. Marcy doesn't dress like Camila on a regular basis, which was like a different level of comfortability and feeling exposed. And I felt that's, I felt like I can't, I guess I just can't be eating all these snacks like I'm accustomed to. And so, so yeah, it was fun to wrap that out and just like have a heyday.
1: So let's skip ahead, like, a little bit further down the line. And uh, Days wants to bring you back. You know, how did that come about? How did you find out? What were your thoughts and feelings?
2: Yeah, you know, it had been brought to my mind. It had had been brought to my attention. um, Like, I want to say, like, October, November of last year, the show reached out about potentially bringing me back. And they weren't sure they weren't sure what they were thinking. They were not sure if they wanted me to play another character or if they, if they were interested in Abby at some point or whatever. No, I think Kate was on the show at the time. So I think they reached out to me to maybe play another character. Um, And it didn't fit my schedule. It it was literally, that was all it was. I had other, I had another thing I was supposed to shoot and they weren't able to work around it. And so that was like all it was. Um, And then it came back around a few months later because Kate had decided to step away um, and so they approached me again about playing Abby and it was just a totally, it was right time, right place. You know, it, I had nothing lined up. I love the character of Abby. Billy was still there. Missy was still, all these people were still there. And so it just felt like, okay, you know, I could, this could be a pretty easy, like s- swing in and just, and try this back on for a while and see how I'm feeling about it. See, see how I'm feeling about it this time. I love the place. I love the job. I love the character. Um, yeah. So, so it just was a kind of a no brainer for me. It was, it was a relatively easy decision. I've had to think about it in terms of, and I think I've said this in other interviews, but, um, because of the flip flopping, you know, like I just didn't know cause it was Kate and then it was Marcy and then it was Kate for a little while. And then it was like back to Marcy. I don't know. I wasn't sure how that would feel or if that would how well that would be received or if that was too much um, yeah, but ultimately sort of felt like, well, Abby, like who doesn't, I mean, Abby's like such an integral part of that show. And a lot of people really resonate with like what she's had going on and, um, yeah, let's, let's, let's do it better than some, than a third person, you know, to bring in another new girl, you know? So, so, so yeah. And when I took all of that into consideration, it was, it was a pretty easy, easy choice to make. So then what was your first day back like? Oh, so warm, like so, so warm. I'm trying to get like a picture of it all. Super warm. Had total different approach than my original first day because you know I know knew what to expect. Um, I had already established relationships with all of these people. I knew the way the day ran. Blah blah blah. I was still nervous. I I, I was nervous because um, you still you know, still want to do a good job, still want everybody to be happy. Um, But it was just like, yeah, a big hug, like the whole, the whole day. It was so, so sweet and super fun. It's just like every corner, literally every time you turn a corner, it's like a face you haven't seen in a long time that you, You really, really love it. It has to be like what it feels like going back to a a reunion or something like that. It's got to be in in that vein.
1: One thing that was different is that Matthew Ashford had returned. So I believe this is your first time working with him. Tell us about that.
2: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I, you know, that was one thing I was really disappointed about the first time around is the fact that I had never, I didn't get to work with him. Um, I just know that that relationship is so important to Abby and and any woman, you know, your relationship with your father is crucial Um, and just felt like I really missed that. I didn't get to like have some of those scenes with him and, and, and my mother was a huge Jack and Jennifer fan. And so like, I mean, like many people are, you know, and so, um, that missing component to, to that picture that I was accustomed to seeing was a little bit disappointing. And so then for him to be there and he's such a cool guy, like you could just talk to him forever. I don't know if you, I mean, I'm sure obviously you guys have chatted with him and I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but, but he, he's just a really special person and to get to look across from him and, and identify with him as father, you know, um, I don't know. That's really powerful. Those re- those relationships. I feel like a, m- a re- mother and a father, and your siblings and your husband. Even if it's pretend, there's something really profound about it because it's not the same person. It's not your literal circumstances, but you still get to like share and learn about those your real life relationships with that person. And so it was cool for me to get to yeah, learn some things about my own relationship with my father and that sort of thing with him and through him. So, and I hope I get to work with him more. I haven't, you know, I haven't worked with him a ton. So I hope that's something that's coming down the line.
0: Um, well, Abigail walked into some drama brewing already in the DeMera Mansion, um, and some of it involving your new co-star Emily O'Brien, who plays Gwen. Um, tell us about working with her.
2: Uh huh. Yeah, she's cool. She's really, really cool. She's been like a very pleasant surprise. Not that I wouldn't wouldn't have expected anybody to be who played the character to be cool, but I just did. Um hadn't met her and didn't know anything about her. And it's been a very, very easy, I mean, she's so dedicated to her work and doing a good job and being prepared. Um, And it's just really fun when you get partnered up with somebody like that because then you kind of like rise to the occasion because like, Oh, this is what we're doing. Okay. Yeah, this is what we're doing. And, and she's just in it all the way and just an absolutely couldn't be more lovely person and down to earth and easy. Um, yeah, I feel like we got really lucky to get her and, and it's so new because we, I only worked for, goodness, three weeks before coronavirus all came. So so she and I are still learning each other. And even today on my way out, I was like, hey, we're going to be real good friends next week. You know And I am I mean, that's not me blowing a storyline. Like, that's not what's literally happening in the scene. I just meant like we're working a lot together. So we're gonna be hanging out, right? And she's like, yes, we're definitely gonna be hanging out in that beautiful accent of hers. So um, so yeah, she's been a dear and a perfect addition. So I'm delighted to get to be the one that's working with her. Then, uh, of course, there's Stefan's twin, Jake, uh, now played by
1: Brandon Bren- Barash. So what do you think Abigail makes of uh, this guy?
2: I don't th- I think she's still figuring him out a little bit where we're at. You know, like she, she, Abby, she wants to trust people. She wants to advocate for people until it's just like glaringly obvious that she can't, you know, she wants to um, really believe that there's good in everybody. And, and Jake, you know, I'll be honest. I think Abby's still, Abby's still learning And the scripts. I'm, receiving now you know there's a lot of like lean this way okay now we're gonna lean that way lean this way lean that way um so she's still figuring some things out but she wants chad and people to sort of give him the benefit of the doubt until until he proves himself otherwise he proves otherwise
0: um and tell us about working with brandon
2: oh he's awesome also super dedicated and he's funny man he's so funny and i'm still learning him too i i think i've only had like a couple, I think I've only worked with him like three times yet, because again, I only worked for three weeks before the whole COVID thing. And today was my first day back. So, um, but we also have stuff coming down the line, but he's funny and he's super cool. And he writes all his scripts out on a legal pad. I've never seen that in my life. Like he just like, he carries this yellow legal pad I don't even know what his system is yet, but I'm impressed and, and looking really forward to learning whatever it is and hope I can pick up some tips or something. But it's funny. Cause also, Oh, that's funny. I just thought of this. <laughs> I don't know why, but um, the, the since we're now that we're back in days, the, they're not printing off scripts for us anymore. So they recommended using iPads Um, but my iPad for whatever reason wasn't working, so I'm waiting on a new one, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I went and got myself a legal pad. So I've been like all day today, I was like, don't mind me just pulling a Brandon Barash over here, you know, (laughs) just like, (laughs) so he, but he wasn't there to hear it. So down the, oh,
1: now he'll hear it.
2: Yes. Yes, he will.
1: I'm interested, uh, in, in this, you know, the, the character of Ben, uh, has had such a transformation since you last interacted with him as Abigail.
2: Have you had scenes with him yet this time around? I haven't. And again, I hope I do. I really hope I do. I, lo- I only worked with Rob, um, man, one time. And it was in sort of a creepy, weird dream sequence. But I, you know, you can kind of tell when, like, people are enjoying working t- with each other. And I felt like we had some time. We didn't know each other, so we didn't really get past the stage of, like, figuring each other out and, like, how you work. but. Um, I just really remember thinking like, oh, this guy's great, and I would love, I would love to have more scenes. I haven't had them yet, and if I, I've got you know six scripts in my email, so maybe it's in there somewhere. I don't know.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, (laughs) go get them and start reading them. Yes, uh, yeah, definitely. (laughs) Page one.
2: (laughs) <laughs> um, and what was it like just getting back in the mix with Billy again? Oh, so easy. Oh, he's so, so easy. It's funny. Cause like we ran face or we ran lines over FaceTime last night and, um, I was feeling a little rickety, you know, I was feeling a little anxious, a little nervous about going back and just because I hadn't done it in a while, you know, that was it just felt rusty. Um, And the second we're FaceTiming, it's just, we just have such a rapport and know each other and have kept in touch throughout COVID and everything. And just, he's just like such a homie. And I feel like that's kind of a cop out description, but he's, it's just easy. And that's what he told me today. Um, his wife, Gina walked by while we were, um, doing the FaceTime thing. And she's like, she's like, are you guys running lines? or Are you guys just talking? And I was like, and we're like, Oh, we're running lines. (laughs) So it was like, okay, good. It's just natural and easy. And there's a level of trust there. So, so today we got up there, um, and we're always goofy. We always have a great time because we trust each other and, don't mind if we like kind of veer off in certain directions, but um, the, we got up there to do the first, our first set of scenes together and we, it's been easy. It's breezy. And then they called action on the very first scene. It was like, we were both deer and headlights. We were just like, uh, we just it like all left us for just a second, and we got through that. Got through that first scene, and then afterwards, we're like, "All right, all right, all right, let's shake that off. Like, we're good. Yeah, and we're back. So easy. It couldn't be easier.
1: Well, how would you like describe the state of their relationship and marriage at this point?
2: They, yeah, I mean, I think they're they're great. I mean, things feel feel good. You know, they trust each other. I mean, Chad is concerned, of course, for Abby's well being. I think he's always sort of watching you know observing what's what's going on like is she you know because he wants to take her at her word and trust that she says she feels good she's feeling great she knows what's going on um but at the same time wanting to take care of her in the way that she deserves to be taken care of if and when that's not the case so in terms of their relationship, I think they feel pretty solid right now. I mean, they both have a lot of gratitude for each other um, and have been separated from one another while Abby was, you know, taking care of herself. And, and yeah, so the level of desire for connection and they've missed each other and distance makes the heart grow fonder. And, and yeah, it's all, all fun and new right now. And there's the, and they're having good adult conversations, which I appreciate, you know, if somebody like Abby had the moment where she felt insecure, you know, she makes, you know, a couple days ago about like Gwen and um, they had a conversation about it and he assures her it's, and then Abby chooses to trust him and take him at his word. So I feel like there's been a real evolution. There's a very mature place that the relationship seems to be operating from at this point. But again, those six scripts are in my email.
0: So I don't know. <laughs> um, now, before we let you go, is there anything you want to say to the fans who are just so happy that you're back on the show again?
2: Oh, man. My whole job exists because of the fans. So it's like, where do you start to express your gratitude? Because it literally is a situation where it's like, if it weren't for them, I would not have a job to show up to Monday through Friday. And so I cannot express how like humbled I am by people's support, how like overwhelmed I feel when I read some of these comments and I know I'm not super active on social, but I do try to thumb through and at least read them all to the best of my ability. Um, It's just such a beautiful expression and they, they, that's what always, what always blows my mind is the fact that they don't have to say what they're saying. You know, you don't have to take the time to reach out and say anything, but you do. And you even know that I may or may not see it. And so it's really sweet and it's really meaningful. And yeah, I, I couldn't be more humbled by it all. It's really dear.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us today. It was so great to hear your stories and catch up and it's great to see you
2: back. Oh, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I had a great time. It's lovely to see the both of you as well.